0: Awesome episode two.
1: Get it? Oh, hello. Hey, Bells. Hi, yes. are you just talking to the recording?
0: I was just talking to the recording. I was letting <laughs> everyone know. I was leaving a secret message for when you start editing, letting everyone know how stoked I am for episode two. <laughs> it. I'm okay. excited. Oh, this is so much fun. Um, okay, before we start off, guys, Mel's and I. Are starting a little bit later in our recording than we were planning because Mel was going to be quote unquote a few minutes late. And this has always been a debate in our friendship. But to her, a few minutes late means 20 minutes, which is reasonable. Okay. That makes sense. To me, me, a few minutes means five minutes max. Okay, that's like a
1: second. Dude, if it's like, if I'm like, I'll be there in a second, then it'll be like five minutes.
0: Five minutes.
1: Okay, (laughs) what do you think?
0: Well, well, it's important for the audience to know, Mel's actually got here at about 5.35 was when she actually (laughs) came on to the recording. So that's almost, that's like nearer to 6 than it is to 5, which was our reasonable time. Anyways, the point being, before we start the podcast, if you have any opinions about this and you would like to settle this dispute between what counts as a few minutes, feel free to share. Feel free to comment. And on that note, do you want to say it, Mel's? I said it last time. You can say it now.
1: Okay, this is letter by letter.
0: Do show music. Ooh. nice, nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, before we kind of delve in completely, Mel's and I just wanted to give like. A legit ginormous thank you to everyone who has reached out to us after our first episode. Honestly, okay, here's the thing. We expected like four people to
1: listen to this. Like us and our moms would be the only people listening to this. Um, But we've gotten like a really big feedback.
0: It's, it's been like a big hug. And I think also from, like across all boards, there's been some people who just began writing on quarantine. And they were looking for people to kind of lead them and walk them through it and they got super stoked um just hearing some emails and text messages and then some people who are just bored during quarantine doesn't necessarily mean they're writers but they liked listening to our banter and it just reminded them of being front friend- with their own friends themselves and that was very sweet to hear and my favorite compliment was what both of our dads said which was surprisingly we wanted to listen to the whole thing so <laughs> thank <laughs> fathers for that for that nice comment <laughs> They, they were our biggest supporters and also our biggest doubters from the get-go of this podcast, so <laughs> thank you to the parentals for that.
1: Which um, is good. Everyone needs some, you know, I don't know what you would call it, but everyone needs a
0: little bit of opposition when you're starting out, just to make sure you make it perfect. Exactly. Someone to keep you in check. Someone to keep you in check. So we're very grateful for that. And before we delve into the purpose of this episode two, which is called... You're Not a Bad Writer Yet. (laughs) Which is a great title. It is a great title. It's super encouraging, but also kind of like, again, that's kind of of an opposition thing. You're not a bad writer yet. It's not super optimistic, but it's also not like... But like, there's still hope. Exactly. There's still hope, Um, which is what it feels like when you're writing. You know, you feel like, you don't really exactly feel like this is amazing, but you also feel like there are worse things in the world. Exactly. Most of the time. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah. So, if you are enjoying our podcast, I know we're only a few episodes in, but if you like where we're going, we would really love it if you could share it with some of your friends, or maybe post it on Instagram, or even follow us on Instagram at Letter by Letter Pod.
0: Indeed. Also, by a few, Mel's, you meant two episodes in, not twenty <laughs> episodes in. I'm just pointing out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, but before we delve in completely, we do have a fun little factoid. That's a word that's not used a lot. <laughs> really exciting. A fun little factoid, a, a little development in one of our projects um, since the last time we talked, which was two weeks ago. And are you ready, guys? Are you ready for your minds to be blown? It's such a big deal. I know, I know. Okay. I came up with a title for my memoir. Woo! Thank yes. You Thank this you. It's a big moment. It's it very is. exciting. <laughs> I was going to wait to mention it until this podcast. Like I wasn't going to tell Mels until we sat down to record. And I was telling my dad this whole plan. I was like I'm going to shock her and she's going to be so excited for me and then we're going to get her live reaction to the podcast. But then I realized I have never kept a secret from Mels for more <laughs> than max a day. And what I mean literally anything you can think of I have told her. Except I for like maybe a birthday present. Oh, but yeah. even then you've given
1: like hints.
0: I have given hints, and then I would have told you that your family was surprising you to go to Disneyland, but I forgot. <laughs> but that was not <laughs> to tell. I literally almost told you, but then I conveniently forgot by the time we met together. So yes, I've never kept a secret from her, and so I called her up that night and I was like, "Guess what? I discovered a title." So just to inform all of you, the title of my memoir is called "Flowers in Your Hair," um, and cute. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know that doesn't necessarily mean a lot right now. Um, The titles of your book should definitely tie very closely to the themes of your novel and what you're writing about. It should give a reader a hint as to what it's about. Um, So Flowers in Your Hair is a kind of very (laughs) flowery title. It seems pretty (laughs) kind of like decorative in a way. But I'm pairing it with a quote from Mumford and Sons. And um, the quote is there will come a time you'll see with no more tears and love will not break your heart but dismiss your fears get over your hill be what you find there with grace in your heart and flowers in your hair and which is so beautiful it's really cute (laughs) um it just kind of signified for me someone who has flowers in the hair someone who has learned from what they've been through and it's they're all singing and all dancing and it's it's someone who's found happiness again and that's what happened to me and that's what this book is about is finding your happiness again after something's happened so that's my title yay, yay. it's so good oh and not only did you like find a title
1: but you actually finished outlining
0: oh yes I did I did it's been three months worth of outlining and trying not to outlining and then outlining again. And (laughs) I don't need to outline and then being like, you need to outline. So I did finally finish that. And now Mel's and I are both kind of, I was going to say knee deep. We're not that far into our books. We're like angled (laughs) into our, into our projects right now and it's been really exciting she started to share some of her chapters with me until now she's kept them very close to her chest but now um i got to read some of them they're looking beautiful um and hopefully i'll be able to do the same to her i'm my goal is to finish chapter two this week so i'll keep nice 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 (laughs) okay Okay. just
1: pause for a second i know we're okay 30 minutes is really fast and we're already at seven minutes um But just picture for a second walking into Barnes & Noble. Stay with me. And then you go to, like, sort of the middle area. You're just kind of looking around or whatever. You walk past the journals, and then you see on a shelf, there's this really, like, small little book with, like, a lot of flowers on the cover, and it's called Flowers in Your Hair. And you're like, ooh, that looks really cute. And then you look next to it, and it's a really thick book. And it's called A World to Themselves. And they're right next to each other. And it's so cool. That's the dream, man. I
0: know. Cool. will be Even though there's no Barnes & Noble that would put a creative nonfiction memoir next to a 500-page <laughs> fantasy. But you know what? Maybe they would if it's kind of like writers you wouldn't expect to be friends but are friends. Like, <laughs> you know that, Like YouTube videos on that. That could be like <laughs> Barnes & Noble version. But yes, oh my gosh, honestly, that warms my heart. That, that f- is so cool. Abundant joy. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> Anyways, finally going to jump into the topic of this podcast. <laughs> okay, so basically, the point of this episode is um, kind of how to get kickstarted with
0: your project and how to uh, develop your story in the first place so that you can write it well and me and Mel's are going to kind of explain to you some of the tips that we've picked up on how to do that based on our current adventure of jumpstarting our own book that we're co-writing called Monster Hunting. So every single story idea starts with some kind of inspiration, and the inspiration behind our book Monster Hunting is actually a very curious and fun story. So Mel's, would you like to divulge how that occurred? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, so it's sort of a long story. Um, basically, Well, you learned about our history from episode one, uh, which basically found out that our dads are very good friends and have been for a very long time, and they used to work at Sony Imageworks together, Um, and then the first movie that they ever worked on together was this movie called Monster House, um, which is a hilarious movie. It's really great for Halloween, and it's quickly become like a really big tradition between the two of us in terms of like starting a little like Halloween, uh, I already used the word tradition, but you get it, tradition. Um, and so we've watched this movie a lot. We really identify with the two main characters, which are really dorky little boys in junior high, um, which shows a lot about our personalities. <laughs> and basically we were like, at some point, we should write something where the two main characters are sort of like dj and dj and chowder which are the main characters from monster house um because we would totally understand how to write their voices and like make a really cute story with the two of them Mm -hmm. um so that kind of sprouted this idea of two little boys around the same age as dj and chowder Mm -hmm. um their names are bill and arnie Um, And they're best friends. And they basically start solving this mystery together. So that
0: was how it all started. Um, And Mel's and I kind of kind of almost took it more as a challenge, I would say less of an inspiration. I think the way I phrased it to her when the idea popped into our heads was we should try to form a story around all these characters yes specifically dj and Chatter, who we then turned into bill and arnie but then also there's a whole cast of really eclectic people there's Je- I always make her name wrong jenny um, who is a <laughs> redhead girl um who's their age and then there's like three high schoolers or like seniors in high school maybe possibly college it's never completely stated um but So now we have a story of middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I know what you're thinking. This is basically Stranger Things because anything that's like slightly horror based alternative with like a teenage, older teenage storyline is going to make you think of this. And I kind of just wanted to say that it's okay. If that makes sense. I think a lot of people are worried about writing because they're scared that they're gonna write something that's always that's already been written. But as me and Mels were kind of writing these characters and thinking about who they're gonna be, some parts did have a lot of similarities between shows and TV shows that we've already and other books they've already read because there are some things that are universal. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about, Mels? Like Yeah,
1: totally. And it's like we said in episode one, like everyone kind of starts out writing based on like the, their inspiration from someone else like another writer or another movie or something like that and that's definitely how this started but as we kept outlining and like kept developing these characters a little bit they definitely took on their own personalities and it's really very different from Stranger Things and Monster House but it's okay that it started out similar to it yeah. you know.
0: never be ashamed of having to you know, follow along someone else first before you can walk on your own two feet because that's how, literally, that's the story of life or the circle of life. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, but one of the things that was kind of fun about it, and this kind of goes into the whole setting of the story and how we started to build it. Um, I'm going to jump straight into playlists because that has a huge part in making and crafting the story um, is the fact that we wanted to create a story based in the time of 2007. I really pushed that. That was the year that the in year 3000 by the Jonas Brothers came out. And I just felt like it was like, we need to have a story based around that. And not based <laughs> around the Jonas Brothers, but like um, so much of us are kind of really wanting to write about the eighties and the nineties because now it's kind of a nostalgic period for us, but you know, pretty soon the early two thousands is gonna be that way too. So we kind of came up with the idea of basing it in that time period. Um, so, you know, again, taking inspiration, but then looking for little things that you can change, you know, how to make it spin, how to make it your own. But the reason why having a base 2007 is important is because then the playlist that we created to kind of continue that inspiration for the book that we were writing had to be songs that were from that time period, from the late nineties and the early 2000s. So we can really listen to what our characters would have been listening to and what they would have been surrounded with. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a fun thing. Yeah. The idea for coming up with the playlist is music has a really strong way of just lurching you into an aesthetic. You know what I'm talking about? Like listen to something you're immediately there. And that's so helpful when you're writing or when you're thinking of characters is to have something that kind of immediately transports to that time period and to the setting of your, of your intention book. And also because it's music and it has sound and although books aren't really often read out loud, obviously you kind of read books in your head, but books do carry with it a specific pacing, a specific timing. And I think, you know, high paced kind of exciting songs if you listen to those while you're right, it's going to transfer into like a really quick plotted thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a relationship between what you listen to what when you write and what ends up coming out on the page. And we yeah. do want to create a playlist that would reflect that and what would help us in that. Also, side point, I don't mean to be rambling on too much, but side point. Um Mel's cousin Abby, who we will get into her later, she has a lot of wisdom that we'll probably be quoting her throughout the episodes, but she once told me that a really helpful thing to her was finding one song that she felt held the thesis of the story, like that she felt just embodied what her story was and Mm -hmm. sitting down and listening to it before she even wrote. So, like, kind of, like, having that one song that you just feel like, oh, that totally gets you in the mood to write this. And it kind of reminds you, either in its lyrics or in its emotion, that it brings the point of what you're trying to say. And whenever you feel lost or whenever you feel like you need to break, you need to just pace around to play that song. And it keeps you locked in and in the zone. So, yeah.
1: fun. Tip. fun That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. And I think for for me, like, Al and I have talked about this a lot, but I'm a very musical learner in general. Um, and I kind of listen to music constantly. So it feels natural for me to listen to music while I'm writing. Um, and I also, I also really need to like visualize what I'm creating. And since I can't draw to save my life, I feel like music is a really good way for me to like kind of get into the story more and like start picturing it in my head a little bit easier if I can have a
0: little soundtrack to play with it. So. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. thinking about visualizing, think. uh this is a perfect segue into. So we have playlists is one thing that we highly suggest to start building when you're trying to think of your story. Secondly, Pinterest boards, and we do not suggest that just to be your classic trendy. You should make a Pinterest board. <laughs> like in all seriousness, I remember Mel's was having to really. um She was going. Th- I don't know. Were you going through finals, and scholarships and stuff like that she was very busy in her schedule yeah very worried because she was like i don't think i can be working on my book like i'm too you know i'm gonna just forget about it and it's gonna spill away from me and so i suggested that she make a pinterest board and whenever she's just on her phone before she goes to bed early in the morning to just pin a couple photos that remind her of this character remind her of that character so that you're building your world even while you're relaxing even like in those in-between minutes that you don't have any time do you know what I'm talking about that was an idea yeah, that we absolutely. um and I think the importance of that is also just like and what these two playlists and Pinterest boards kind of center around is the fact that they're just meant to keep your mind on the story you know yeah 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 it's super helpful especially when you're like just like
1: driving to school and like you know back when we were allowed to drive to school and then just listening to the playlist for your book as you go it just like makes the day feel a little bit easier because you know like even though you have all this crazy stuff going on you have your little project that you're like really proud of and you're really excited about and it's always like in the back of your mind a little bit and it's just a lot helpful it's really helpful when you um, want to start writing officially, because it kind of feels like these characters and the story has been living with you for so long that it feels, like, natural to write it down.
0: Exactly, exactly. You're already accustomed to in that headspace. It's been growing. It's been festering <laughs> the whole time. Ah, okay, so a little, also a little thing that we suggest, and this is more for when, say you... You're getting tired of your playlists. You're getting tired of your Pinterest board. And there will come a time for that. You're like, I need to write this thing. Don't write yet. You got to outline. You got to develop your characters just a little bit. I know it's hard. It sucks. It sucks. It looks <laughs> and again, I would like to say that we are not professionals. We don't know. I think the one thing that people say is like awful is when people tell you how to write. I agree, you know, there's all these different ways to do it. But planning really does help and having an idea of who your characters are you know is great but that does usually seem kind of pointless or kind of boring so melz and i do have a couple things that are like fun ways to characterize your characters <laughs> characterize your characters it's kind of, like redundant but you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mel's, would you like to divulge our first little
1: yeah sure so this is kind of um, what we used when we were coming up with characters for monster hunting. Um, we we had basically the silhouettes of a character. We were like, someone needs to be the babysitter. Someone needs to be the mom. But like we had no idea what kind of person they were yet and like what they were going to contribute to the story. So we were like, okay, what if we take some personality tests in the minds of those characters? Um And the best personality test, in our opinion, is the Enneagram. And once again, we sound like very hipster, trendy teenagers trying to be like, oh, my gosh, what's your Enneagram? (laughs) But like, it's seriously so helpful because it not only highlights like what kind of strengths you have as a person, but like your weaknesses and like what like reasons why that you act the way that you act it's really interesting it is and
0: one of the I feel like one of the hardest things sometimes as you're writing is you have this character but every character has a character arc so they have to go someplace and the enneagram tells you what that type will what they're like what they look like in moments of stress and what what they look like in moments of redemption and moments of healing so you'll actually you have the arc made for you so you don't kind of have to like Fictualize? that's not a that's not a word you don't like (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to um kind of pretend to be like oh i think they'll go this way you know you actually have there are patterns in the human personality there are things that we all do there are ways that we all behave and the enneagram is just a, a map to understanding that and seeing where your character lies in that situation and so it's been very helpful and you know if you, I would just say to, I don't know if we should plug other podcasts because I know that we can only <laughs> so much podcasts and I want you guys to listen to us. But when you're writing, there is a artist called Sleeping At Last who made a whole album based on all the anagram, which is all the anagram numbers, which are the different personality types. And on his podcast, Sleeping At Last podcast, he goes into like hour long discussions, delving into each type. And so if you're trying to figure out where your character lies, that is a very helpful thing to listen to, I think. Um, and I know the kind of, there's a little edge around personality tests because you're like, I don't want to be generalized. But with character building, you can generalize. These are real people, so it's okay. So anyways, that is one of the tips that we have. And then- Yeah,
1: do you want to share some of the characters we have and a few of their Enneagrams and how we came up with that?
0: Sure. Actually, do you want to? I feel like I just went on like a whole rant, and I want to give time people <laughs> a voice.
1: Sure. Okay. Um. Uh,
0: let me get the journal really quick of what it is, so that
1: You're I got it for sure. Not even prepared. I'm sorry. I didn't think about this point until right now. See, this is how unstructured we are as a podcast. Okay. Oh, got it. Okay. So our main character is Bill. Um, he's the little kid, and basically in this story, uh, should we tell the synopsis a little (laughs) bit? Is it, is it okay? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, basically, uh, a few chapters into the story, Bill's dad goes missing. Um, that's basically the entire plot. And we were trying to kind of- He just goes missing. That's it. That's the end.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and that's just 36 chapters of that, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say it. Continue. <laughs> um, basically,
1: we wanted to make sure that Bill was kind of a leader because he kind of has to rally his friends to rescue his dad. He wants to go looking for him. Um, and there, yeah, it's he's a bit of a complicated character. Um, so when we were looking at his Enneagram, we decided that he would be a three with a wing two.
0: So the importance is that there is an, for each number, there's like an overarching title. So I believe the three, is it the leader? Is that what threes are called? Like, um, or they're it, like. It might be the achiever. The achiever. They're known to be strong leaders. They kind of are the people that we instinctually follow. And then the two is called the helper. And sometimes you're kind of of a mixture of both. So what it means when you're a wing is it's kind of like maybe your overall thing that's that you that strives you that causes you to move forward is that you're this high achieving person but that doesn't mean that you leave other people behind a strong part of you is also a helper think of maybe like harry potter would probably be a three he has this thing where like he goes forward he confronts evil but you know he'll never leave a friend behind so he has that two aspect to him so you know there's also these enneagrams i think Mel's kind of touched on it. They really do follow some of the archetypes that are naturally in books. So you know like where Bill is the leader who would be a type 3 wing 2 his best friend Arnie who we love Arnie. He's his, <laughs> uh, side note just in terms of in Monster House both of these characters are white but I'm Filipino and Mel's is half. I'm Well I'm half white half Filipino <laughs> Mel's is half white. Well three quarters white according quarter Japanese.
1: I'm like a yeah I'm very mixed but so I'm partially point.
0: Japanese we made we made Arnie Filipino because we have never seen a, a duo that kind of looks like me and Mel's aside from <laughs> Peter Parker and Ned so we just kind of wanted to spread that around so just for your visual sake think of Arnie as being a little chubby Filipino boy um who we love anyways and he's a two so he's the helper which again kind of follows that kind of like side supporting role and right he mm-hmm.
1: brings out the the two wing in Bill, honestly.
0: Yes. Which so you cute. already can tell the relationships start kind of folding and mixing together, um, and they go. But I think as we're kind of describing the characters, I feel like it's important to mention we sorted them into Harry Potter houses, um, <laughs> so- which if it couldn't get nerdier than we
1: sorted them into Harry Potter houses.
0: Indeed, indeed. So both of them, if I'm Correct. Are Gryffindors. So they both yeah. have bravery. They both have those strong moral values. They both are um instinctually talented. So you know there's also similarities because there's a reason why they're friends, the reason why they're all bonded together. Kind of. so those yeah. are and
1: funny. if you um if you haven't read or seen Harry Harry Potter, first of all, get out. But <laughs> <laughs> but second of all, just so you know, the Gryffindor house is um known for its bravery obviously which we kind of touched on already but yeah bill and arnie are both gryffindors and um there's a character that gets introduced a little bit later on in the book her name is robin she's really cute um and she's a ravenclaw uh which means that she's very intellectual uh and very
0: um i don't know how would you describe a ravenclaw um, I would say Ravenclaws are kind of... They're very independent people. I think they keep very much to themselves. I think that's what makes them the difference between a Ravenclaw and a Gryffindor is their friendship, if that makes sense. There was never a Ravenclaw who had a lot of friends in the Harry Potter series. So I really think that that's kind of like a big basis of it. Yeah. I know the Ravenclaw, Mel, so I'm sorry. <laughs> that but that I think that it, they're a little bit of a loner type, I think, because they're so in their head. And we definitely wanted... Um, Robin to, to have that quality to her to make her friendship with the other two boys that she kind of forms all that more um, important later on in the story um, also as we're getting into Robin and all these things I also thought something special is that we're co-writing this and certain characters okay okay how, how do I phrase this? You're going to be closer to other characters than you are to some or others do you know what I'm talking about, Melz? Yeah, know you yeah. Say? So um, Melz and I are both Enneagram 2, so we're both that helping quality. So like we already said, we're instinctually going to write Bill and Arnie very well because we're in their mindset. But something that was very interesting to find out was that Melz was really good at writing Robin and Jude, who is um, or the necromancer who's this really <laughs> dork video game high school boy. Um, she was really good at writing him because you know, she had similar attributes to both of them. <laughs> um, and I was really good at writing, get this, his name is Beowulf, which is a gross college student guy um, who's really into death metal. Not that death metal's gross, that dis- d- distinct <laughs> statements that I just made right there. But um, that's because of personal experience of having had with people with that type of, you know, kind of cool dude, easily angry, angsty guys. You know, I've had a lot of experience I feel like I'm divulging the intimate part of my life. <laughs>
1: you know, which you will find out in flowers in your hair.
0: <laughs> Plug. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you naturally write some characters better, and so if you are co-writing someone, are. Some, if you are co-writing something with someone, it's good to figure out what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, and maybe divvy up scenes or divvy up chapters depending on who's more talented at writing who. But if you're writing alone, you know I would honestly say go for the harder characters first. Yeah. Do you know what I'm about? Push yourself. Kind of like <laughs> that sounded
1: like a something you would see on like a Nike commercial. Um, sorry. <laughs> you kind of just have to like immerse yourself in that character for a little while. And I mean, like, if we're talking about Beowulf, who's like a Slytherin and a Type Eight, like maybe don't immerse yourself that far into him, but just like. <laughs> figure out a little more about his character and his weaknesses and maybe you'll get to understand him a little better and eventually it'll be easier to write about him but I would definitely start with difficult characters first just because you might as well get that out of the way
0: (laughs) yeah I think I what was it I had a professor tell me once that uh you should write and this kind of goes difficult characters difficult scenes you know there's going to be parts of your book you want to write more than others um do those first so that you have the mindset of earning the easy ones and earning the good ones do you know what i'm talking about yeah so that's kind of also there's a lot of uh work ethic that goes into writing, which I think there's a lot of work ethic that goes into anything. But, you know, since it's so individual, sometimes it's hard to build those types of pressures and deadlines and stuff for yourself. And it sometimes shows in your writing, you know, you can get kind of lazy and you can get you can take certain stuff for granted. And so it's good to set up those mindsets of I'm going to work really hard and make this difficult thing turn out to sound really well so that i can feel at ease and i can take my break during this chapter do you know what i mean like you gotta stimulate your own kind of like firepower
1: yeah 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 that's really cool thank you um we okay so we've covered playlist pinterest boards enneagrams and hogwarts houses also a really important detail about characters which is really difficult for me is names but like Honestly, you can't have a character without a really strong name for them. So what I use most of the time is a lot of baby name websites. I was trying to think of the name that I normally use for, like, a, <laughs> a book I wrote a while ago. I was, like, constantly on this website, and I don't remember what it's called. But baby name websites in general are super helpful um, because you can kind of look at any genre of name while you're there. Like, you can look for, like, classic names or older names, or you can go for, like the newer names that are sometimes super weird but like sometimes really helpful.
0: No yeah, I think also, you know, the categories that they have. You know, I would definitely stray away from ones that are like fantasy names and stuff like that because then you'll get what I got in my first book that I ever wrote which was called Miracle where there is a guy named Miracle, <laughs> Blaze Flint and Clover, which <laughs> already that's just a turn off for <laughs> to read that book so I definitely think that you know baby names you know it's proof that someone out there is named that name so you know it's interesting and you can go by like maybe depending on how old they are what were the popular names during their birth year are they someone who wouldn't have a popular name maybe they weren't they aren't they're not named Emily maybe they're named I'm trying to think of a crazy name Aaliyah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe. do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it says a lot about the character depending on what they're named. And so even though it seems kind of cheesy to go on baby names, you know, I'm pretty sure every writer does it. And Yeah, it's just it normal. makes it a lot more realistic, too. Mm-hmm. Also, OK, if we're talking about names, everyone's already heard us name drop the necromancer. And <laughs> so I feel like we kind of have to go in a short story time about how why we chose those names and link it back to we're not crazy okay we realize how cr- we're not saying that beowulf is a relatable name okay <laughs> there's there's reason behind it so Mouse, do you want delve into howick what was our starting point for these for those titles
1: um yeah so in the movie monster house uh there are characters that kind of mirror beowulf and the necromancer and this other character named dahlia um and Dahlia's name in the movie is Z which is already like okay she went there Beowulf is Beowulf's name in the movie is Bones and the Necromancer's name in the movie is Skull so we kind of wanted to go off of that and do something that was a little more like I don't know it make it sound like it was obviously made up by them which is like a little bit pretentious so (laughs) Dahlia and Beowulf are not their real names they just want to sound angsty and cool Um, the necromancer on the other hand he works at an arcade game at an arcade um is that an arcade shop or is it just called the arcade I think it's just called the arcade okay he works at an arcade we should probably figure this out before we write the book anyway (laughs) he works at an arcade that Bill and Arnie go to all the time and they're kind of really good friends even though the necromancer is like a lot older than them and they think he's super cool because he works at an arcade and so they call him the necromancer even though his real name is jude
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so even though his real name is jude. jude i think it's really important in your writing when you're making decisions about character names or title or outline or setting really anything when you're beginning to think about it is making sure that the decisions you make mean something to you So kind of what I mean by that is we're scared of not being original, but the easiest way to be original is to just think, well, what do I want if I choose to call them this name? justify it like what does that mean to you why do you want to choose that and i think i again i was listening to the podcast by sleeping at last and he's such a brilliant musician because he leaves what he calls fingerprints in every song that he does which that is either his daughter laughing or it's his wife making the bed or something like that and he weaves it into his songs to kind of add his personal touch and I think that, you know, as me and Mel said, Monster House is such a big part of our childhood. And we wanted to pay like homage. I love saying that word, homage. <laughs> to those facts and those details. And that's why we decided to base certain things or base certain plot points off of the movie. And I think that that's just an important thing to keep in mind, you know, make your work grimy with fingertips so it can't be recognized. Fingerprints. What he said fingertips? That's so gross. Oh. <laughs> me with fingerprint, just so you guys know, we want to get to this at some point, but I think we're going to save it for next episode. But we do recognize that long, not everyone starts off with lawn form, particularly I, as a poetry writer, did not start off with, with novels and all that stuff. I started off with getting into poetry. So next week, we'll start off with some tips on, you know, getting into that and what jump starting that process looks like. Um, but for now, we just made this episode a bit more novel based and beginning those thoughts and yeah um yeah and
1: then our our next episode will come out in two weeks it's called pen pals and it's about finding uh someone who can critique you and cheer you on and yeah it should be fun well
0: discovering who you look for in a writing buddy because I think there are specific qualities that you should
1: oh yeah Absolutely.
0: Vibe with so yes that is our second episode i think it was a little bit more rabbit hole-ish than our first oh yeah episode, that makes <laughs> sense a little bit more <laughs> of the place but i i kind of like it we'll clean it up with editing we'll make it nice um real nice paper wrapped bow tie around for you but we hope you guys got something out of this we hope that you're excited to continue listening and again share if you want to share and yeah Thanks yeah. for listening, guys, and thanks for all your really nice emails
1: and DMs and texts. I know we already said this earlier, but it seriously means so much to us. So
0: guess this is Pigletip. Bye, Pigletip. Tip. Piglet Tip.